Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to Reading the Bible is Easy-ish. I am your host, Hogan. I am a pastor at 7th Street Christian Church. Uh, we will be stumbling, bumbling, and occasionally brilliantly engaging the Bible uh, each week in this video series. This week, uh, my guest is a uh, ch- firefighting chaplain, uh, a man that I really thought I'd be terrified of when I was growing up and thinking about marrying someone. He is a pastor and my father-in-law, Brian Klingenpeel. Welcome. Hey, Hogan. So, I, mean, I like, I got to ask you about that. You talk about being afraid of me as a 13-year-old. <laughs> like, I don't get that. I mean, now as a 21-year-old who's asking for my daughter's hand in marriage, okay, maybe you'd have something there. But it was always this, uh, this uh, image of the, uh, the father-in-law who would be sitting on the porch polishing his shotgun, <laughs> that sort of thing. And while I certainly had nerves when I, when I talked to you and Beth about, uh, about marrying Rachel, it was, I, I knew you all and knew that you were, uh, you weren't going to threaten me. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, so I, I mentioned that you're a firefighting chaplain and a pastor, but could you just share a little more about kind of your, your vocation and, and your sure. sense of calling? Sure. So I'm, I'm, uh, guess what would be called a bivocational pastor just means I have two jobs. Uh, so I work in what I guess some people would call the secular world, uh, at Roanoke County Fire and Rescue. I'm employed there as their community outreach coordinator. So I do, um, public information. I manage all their social media accounts. Um, and I do fire prevention talks and things like that. Uh, but part of what, also what I do there is I am the chaplain for the fire department. Um, that's kind of on a volunteer basis, but that's kind of my calling. And that's what really brought me there as the community outreach coordinator was uh, starting out as the chaplain. And then I also pastor Springwood Baptist Church uh, here in Botetourt County. Awesome. Uh, each week, I like to ask uh, how you read the Bible or what tools you use to read the Bible. Um, and so I know we, we talked a little bit earlier, I'd, I'd asked how you prepared for sermons, and you said, well, maybe devotional would be a little better. And I think that's true. So what do you use to, to read the Bible? So I think it's good. What I kind of really would want to tell people is just, there are so many resources out there, like, there should be no excuse to like not read the Bible because there's there are so many resources that are readily available to people now to make reading the Bible easy-ish. Um, so, you know, that's, so one thing that I have used for probably the past five, six years, I've kind of lost count, is an app. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a podcast app and it's called Daily Audio Bible. Um, Brian Harden reads it. If you go through it in a year, um, you will have read the Bible through in a year. And like I said, I've done that five or six times. Some years I'm really on top of it and I never miss a day. Some years I just kind of use it devotionally and maybe Mm -hmm. I'll do it Monday through Friday and kind of skip the weekends. Um, But it for somebody who's worried about time or something like that, you can listen to it in the car on your way to work. Brian just really just reads the scripture. Um, there's a little bit of background music to it, but it's a real community. Uh, you get an Old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, a psalm, and a proverb every day. And it generally only takes 15 or 20 minutes to do that. Um, so that, that's one of my favorite tools. Okay. So you say you're not a tech person. Um, well then there's other things because you can also do that same reading plan. It's exactly the same reading plan that Brian Harden uses 
And there's a Bible that's actually the one-year Bible. And it's the same thing. It's a, it's a New Testament, Old Testament psalm and a proverb. And if you read one, you read that passage every day, you will have read the Bible in a year. Hmm. Um, so, so that's just a hardback book that's actually published that you can, you can go out there and find. Uh, again, okay, maybe that's still still too complicated somehow. Well, then there's things like our daily bread that's just a devotional resource. And it actually comes with a read the Bible through in a year plan of its own. Or you can just read the day's scripture that goes with the little devotional story that's in here. And they will send this. They like for you to give something to help support the ministry. But this is free. Um, and they'll even send it to you by email. I get both, I get the hard copy as well as the email. Um, but so that's another way where it just shows up every day in your email inbox. So I just think there are so many ways uh, to, to read the Bible. Uh, and if you go and even just look at like a, a, a Christian bookstore, there's going to be tons of devotional resources. And so I just really encourage people to find what works for you and do it. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll post uh, some links to that different stuff in the uh, in the video description and the podcast description as well. So people can uh, people can find those. So uh, each week we walk uh, mostly blindly, having done zero preparation uh, into the, the texts uh, that we're going to read for this week. And the text that we are going through right now are um, Linton text and they're coming from the again and again uh, series from Sanctified Art that we're using at 7th Street. And so uh, our text this week is uh, Mark chapter 8, uh, verses 31 uh, through Mark chapter 9, verses, verse 8. Um, so again, that's Mark 8, 31 through 9, 8. Uh, and every week I like to ask what your uh, preferred translation of the scripture is. So what, do you, uh, what would you like to read from today? New International Version. Uh, it's okay. what... Bible I preach from is New International Version, and really that's just a function of, uh, I think it's what Springwood had in the pews when I went there, possibly, or or what Villa Heights had when I preached there, and so it just made it kind of easy to do that way, but it's what I've gotten comfortable with, and it's it's what I know is the yeah. New International Version. Awesome. So I'll read that through, uh, and we're just going to read it through one time. I know uh, on the video and on the podcast that it goes by quick, so I'd encourage you if you're watching or listening, uh, you can flip to the scripture as well. So starting in Mark chapter 8, verse 31. He then began to teach them the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or who can, who can anyone give in exchange pardon me, verse 37, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his father's glory with holy angels. 
And he said to them, truly, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste, will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God has come to pow- come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah, Moses, who, and Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except for Jesus. So, Brian, I'm going to set a five-minute timer, and uh, we will not go over five minutes talking about the scripture, and we're going to begin in three, two, one. What do you hear initially when you hear that chunk of, uh, chunk of text? I say, wow. I mean, that, that, that's big. And I, I heard, I watched you and Holly last week. And uh, so uh, you're right, Mark moves fast. And so, I mean, we just, um, we, we cover a lot of territory here from um, predicting his death to talking about taking up your cross to the transfigurations. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to cover here. Um, I always kind of was, was taught um, in preaching class, and I have preaching class in my undergraduate degree as well as at seminary, that you kind of, you, um, when you preach, you kind of have the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in another. Mm. I know that really dates me because there aren't even that many newspapers anymore. So, so you have your Bible in one hand and your news app in the other. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> you, for Twitter, yes. Yeah. So you try to you try to relate it to the world. And so I guess some things that just jump off the page at me here um, are like Jesus rebuking Peter and saying, get behind me, Satan. I mean, here was Peter, who Jesus had said uh, was the rock and upon whom he would build his church. Now he says, get behind me, Satan. Um, and so, and I think that was because, um, I guess I look at this too as, so here was Peter, here are his disciples, the people who left their jobs to follow him and who his ministry was going to continue on through. And they're really struggling with Jesus predicting his own death and how this is, how this is going to work. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. They, they really struggled with that. And I guess I have to turn that back around and look at we who call ourselves disciples. Are we always accepting of the different ways that God wants to move and do things? Um, or are we wanting to sometimes kind of pull God to the side and say, wait a minute, we can't do it that way. We've never done it that way before. Um, and what might God say to us? And are we more concerned about the things of the world, uh, which is what he tells Peter here, you don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And I think sometimes that's true for and disciples today, we're more concerned about the things of the world than we are maybe where God wants to lead us in the way um, thing, the way he would do things that I think would totally blow our mind today, just yeah. as it blew in the disciples' mind uh, here. Yeah. Um, th- then he kind of goes into this uh, part about take up your cross and follow me. Um, and... I just, I kind of can't help but think that we in 
the Western world um, in 21st century America that we've kind of lost what it means to sacrifice. I mean, I see, I see the cross as a tool of, of sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross for us. And he's telling us that we should be willing to do the same thing. The Bible talks about offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And I don't think we kind of fully grasp what that means. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of growth that we as Christians could do um, here in 21st century America when it comes to taking up our cross um, and, and sacrificing for the sake of the gospel. Um, I'm moving through this as quick as I can. I'm going to get down here. <laughs> now and and i mean wow what do you what do you do with this i think um i, I mean there's there's it's one of the things um too that's interesting to maybe look at that might help people again now this is where i'm going to pull out maybe seminary nerd stuff here because people probably aren't going to have one of these i heard you and holly talk about this last week as well yeah that's a gospel parallel so they actually make a book that you can go and look up. So you can go and look up Mark 8, and it'll show you where that same story is in Matthew, Luke, and John. And you mm -hmm. can put them all side by side to see how they're different and how they're similar and, and some things like that. And this is a book I used in my, my college preaching class. And I, when I pulled it out and looked at it, it had some notes in there and talked about there are three miracles here. And that's the fact that hmm. Jesus spoke from the cloud and that Moses and Elijah appeared and that Jesus was transfigured. So there's several miracles here right in one place. I think part of what's interesting again is, um, was, it, was it Peter who said, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So he wants to stay at this mountaintop experience. And we can't always stay at a mountaintop experience. And I think it's interesting that he wants to build a building. He wants to build three buildings. Right. One for, Elijah, one for Moses, uh, one for Jesus. And, and man, so our attachment in, in 21st century Christian life to our buildings is unbelievable. And maybe that started back at the Transfiguration. Who yeah. thought um, that even Peter... Um, wanting to build buildings to commemorate this. And I think we sometimes get a little too attached to our buildings. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, one of the things that really hangs with me is, is kind of the journey that Peter goes on through this, through these verses, right? At the beginning, we get Peter rebuking Jesus and then Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. And then we finish with uh, Peter saying, rabbi, it is good for us to be here after seeing Jesus transfigured. Yeah. Struck by kind of that juxtaposition of, uh, those two positions with Jesus. And I, I, as we talked about, yeah, like having a newspaper in one hand, it feels like to me, I can often be Peter uh, from day to day. And I can be at one time saying, Jesus, no, 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 <laughs> this is not what we should be doing. And then on the other being uh, yeah, just completely transformed and, uh, and surprised by the gospel. Right. We've hit the end of our five minutes. I can't Sorry. believe we got through all of it. No, I can't believe we got through all the uh, all that text in five minutes. Well done. <laughs> up here two and a half minutes. <laughs> no, it does not have to be a 50-50 split. Um, so just what are your what are your takeaways from this text? And uh, if you're going to use it a little more devotionally this week, what were kind of some next steps you might take with it? 
So this is where I do think that um, commentaries can maybe come into, I think it's good to maybe sit down with the pastors of scripture and do just what you're kind of encouraging people to do is just to kind of open it blindly, read it, let the Holy Spirit direct you to what, you know, is being said here. And that could be completely different person to person based on how the Holy Spirit leads you. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But then if you're wanting to go deeper, um, it's okay to, to get a commentary of mm -hmm. some sort. And again, you can find those online now. Um, you can buy them. Um, if, you, if you really want to buy like a whole set or something, you can do that. But I know you can check them out in libraries and there's just, there are ways to, to find those. And that's just a good way to kind of check and see uh, is your thinking kind of in line with some other Bible scholars right. um, to kind of see, you know, where we're going here? Maybe you're just make sure you're not too far off base or, you know, yeah. something like that. Um, so I do think that's a good thing to do uh, is to, to use those commentaries and kind of see what they say and in, in fire inspector world. So I'm a certified fire inspector too. So they make a, they make a commentary for the fire code. Huh. So, you know, you know what the code says, the code says this, and it's pretty legal language, but then you can go to a commentary on the fire code to read what somebody has written about what this code really means. And it's kind of the same way with the Bible. So you have the code, you have the word itself, um, and then you can go to a commentary and read what somebody else thinks is being said. Yeah, yeah. I very similarly for me, there's some things in this text, uh, particularly like the transfiguration, right? That are, those are hard things to understand. Uh, yes. I think the words that Jesus shares to carrying your cross. Um, I think if you've been in the Christian world for a while, right? Those are words that you've kind of heard um, and words that we can maybe wrap our minds around. But um, yeah, I, I, I would be interested to go read. What does the transfiguration mean? Uh, reading those other stories, like you said, putting them alongside uh, the other transfiguration stories in the Gospels, um, and just trying to get a little bit of better of a handle on on what that miracle really is, um, what it means for for the disciples. So that's it, I think, for this episode of reading the Bible is easy ish. If you would like to uh, reach out to the to the show, um, request a guest, or if you have snarky feedback to leave, you can do that by emailing reading the Bible is easy ish at gmail.com. Has anybody uh, made any snarky comments yet? Not, not on the email. Someone's got to be the first. If you're the first, I'll make a sticker with the logo and, uh, <laughs> and send it to you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you to Brian for joining us this week. And uh, we'll be back next Monday. And until then, keep trying to read the Bible.